Hi, this is Vicki Baird. I am an intuitive life coach and I specialize in helping my clients identify blocks and resistance to their brilliance, their capability, and to the joy of soul connection, which they may have forgotten in the complexity of life. I have 21 years of experience, which means I can focus in on what isn't working so we can shift it, release it, and create the practices to actually have them achieving the life they know they're deserving of, but don't know how to get it or how to put it into action. I balance intuition with practical approach so that the soul and the human self are acknowledged and then activated. When they work together, life is so great. So if this is something that you feel you would benefit from, feel free to contact me, Vicki at VickiBaird.com. That's V-I-C-K-I at VickiBaird.com. Hi, welcome to Intuition Your First Sense. This is Vicki. And I am an intuitive life and development coach in case this is the first time you are joining me. And thank you so much if you are. And thank you for tuning in again if you've been listening along the way. And we just hit the two-year anniversary of the podcast, which is really exciting. And I have been doing this work, though, for 21 years. And that is plenty of time to see and learn quite a few things and to really fine-tune your craft. And yet every week, sometimes every session, it seems like... I am learning a new way of describing our intuitive connection, a new way of giving words to the human condition or the experience that we're going through uh, by being in sessions with my clients. And I'm so grateful because, boy, does it help me learn how to be human too with a soul and combine both of them to work well together. And this week's episode came about because of a conversation I had with a client last week, which was um, about a relationship that he's in and how he was just so frustrated with it and, and quite frankly, with the person he's in the relationship with. And after we were discussing the issues and the challenges that they were experiencing, I found myself explaining to him that he was in a relationship with a surface shifter. The thing that I learned last week was what was a surface shifter. (laughs) Now, to be clear, I have seen this for decades, but I never really had a description for it. And I'm grateful to my guides that sometimes they give me a new expression And then I am left sitting there trying to figure out how am I going to explain this description, this expression that just came through when I have no clue what the heck they're talking about. And to back it up a little bit, when I'm doing a session and I am really tapped into that intuitive side, I don't get a preview of the words that are going to be used or the advice that's going to be given. It flies through and then as the human, I'm left sitting there or standing there, depending on my position at the moment, needing to back it up, needing to bring the information. Now, thankfully, because I have done this for so long, I really trust that if I'm given something like that, there's going to be a backup. There's going to be some way to explain 
and I am well known for my analogies. I love analogies because I think our brain learns really well that way. And I just happen to really love those and acronyms and just all the ways that we can do some comparisons. Normally comparing yourself isn't such a great thing, but in this case, I feel like it is. So I was sitting there relaxing, waiting for my guides to give me what the heck they were talking about. What is a surface shifter? And I could feel what they meant by it and could have just launched with an experiential coaching, you know, description, but I really wanted to have them lead. And what it came out to be was the person he's in a relationship with is someone who will often say, yes, I'm in this. I want to learn. I want to do quote unquote, the work. I want to shift. I hear you. I'm in it. And then they go through like this honeymoon period for a couple of weeks where some of the shifting would happen and he would feel like, oh, okay, this time it really sunk in. And then the patterns, old patterns would show up again in his partner. And um, I said to him, I think it's just time that you have to realize that she's operating on a surface level. She's giving you quite literally lip service. Now, is she aware of this or not? I don't know. We have to, I think, have compassion where that's concerned and not jump to conclusions that people are being manipulative. And when we talked about this, even though it didn't change the situation immediately, the relief that came over him was actually quite palpable. And he felt like a, an answer had been provided for what he was intuitively feeling, but couldn't find the words to express, which is quite frankly, a lot of what I do. I feel like I make sense of the chaos and the confusion that's happening inside someone and present to them, you know, could it be this? Does it feel like that? And then we create the next step together. And so once he felt like he understood what the situation was, then he could make some decisions. Is this, you know, something he could move forward in? Could he be someone who loves to do his inner work and who loves to understand how he's wired, how other people are wired and be okay with it. And we had a pretty good laugh about it because <laughs> we're both obviously people who like to do that. And the confusion over why wouldn't you um, it just sometimes does not compute, but you know what? It takes different types to go around, make this world go around too. So he had said that he felt really disappointed. And while I'm not here to change people's emotions or to identify their emotions for them, sometimes that happens, but I encouraged him to understand that if he was feeling disappointed, he had already set a bar for her that maybe she never even knew was there and never agreed to reach. So if you're disappointed in someone, a lot of the times it is because you've set some too big of an expectation 
and never bothered to have a conversation with the person and including yourself. You know, perhaps you set the bar way too high and a, a conversation about that's not feasible could help with the stress level. And so we talked about that and how it's not really okay for us to do that for someone else, especially in the capacity of emotional growth or intelligence, because everybody's in charge of their own stuff. And if you're going to say, I'm so disappointed in you, it's so judgmental. And I encouraged him to acknowledge what was the emotion underneath it. And eventually we came to sadness and there was a sadness there because here's someone that he felt could be a life partner. And yet he knew that if there wasn't a shift and an ability to discuss their challenges and to come up with growth steps and to meet them and be consistent, then he wasn't going to be able to be in the relationship. And that's so difficult, isn't it? When you're recognizing that here's someone that you maybe saw in a different light, but they're actually showing you who they are on the human level. And maybe you were looking at their full potential or their soul level. So the idea of a surface shifter came about. And I, when I thought about it afterwards and thought, boy, I have experienced that quite a bit because the picture that was in my mind's eye was someone who was stepping in maybe three inches of water and experiencing it as if they're deep diving, right? Like they're really doing deep work. And it's difficult to be aware of that and recognize that this relationship, be it a partner, a sibling, friend, a child, even a boss, it's difficult to admit that this is not something that lights me up or that I can be in conference with, that I can be in a relationship with. Now, I think it's possible to absolutely be and have relationships with those that are not of similar vibration or not of similar interest. I think it's actually good for us to have those types of connections. And yet you have to be true to yourself and admit that if it's difficult to be with a person or you're just talking about inane conversations, I've had to leave relationships because of that too. I am just not going to gossip about, you know, movie stars and TV people and those in the sports. I just do not give a flying fig. I could care about the person that's in those roles, but I do not want to talk about their lives or what's going on or the most recent gossip, even about people that are not on the stage. So it can be challenging to have that dissonance between yourself and another. And there's a term for it, actually, for a lot of people and we all engage in this. I want to be clear that we all engage in this at some point. Uh, but I want to bring to your awareness that it's possible some of the frustration you're feeling with those 
around you or yourself is because of this misconception or misperception where someone is presenting themselves to be spiritually connected or light focused or heart focused and they're just not, or they're just maybe at a different level than you want to have the conversation. And when I was thinking about this, I'm like, well, this is the very definition of a spiritual bypass. And, you know, when we practice a spiritual bypass, it's a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to avoid or even sidestep, you know, facing unresolved emotional issues or psychological wounds um, and or maybe some emotional immaturity. And the term was introduced in the early 1980s by John Wellwood, um, who actually just passed maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, he was a Buddhist teacher and a psychotherapist, which is such a great combination. The spiritual bypass, I'm going to describe this and also give indication or examples of where you may be practicing it or someone in your life is practicing it. And this isn't to go around and say to people, you are practicing a spiritual bypass. It's more to understand for yourself because I really do not subscribe to the idea of, you know, they, them kind of thing where you're always pointing a finger at other people and not considering that you may have the aspect within yourself. Because remember that old adage that if something bugs you in another person, you're likely activating that or holding that within yourself. So sometimes people will use the spiritual bypass because of a fear of addressing whatever emotional issue could be with inside. Um, it could also be perhaps they're a very young soul. I find that those souls that are very young are very focused on the physical aspects of life, of the gossip stuff, of the making it, you know, and, and I'm not saying just following what's going on. I'm saying like they make it almost real to themselves or having the best car. They tend to be young souls and they tend to be terrible at relationships too. So you may see this practice. Um, I have said before that somebody is spiritually lazy. And yes, I know that's judgmental and I can shift that myself. Listen, there's always work to be done, right? But there's a self-absorption that I find can also be part of this spiritual bypass because it's pretty easy to use concepts that you've heard other people use and even toss them back at them and not actually dig in and figure out how you're wired or do the work. Um, and maybe somebody just doesn't want to. It's difficult to comprehend for some people that uncovering the wounds and the challenges is actually freeing. Oh, it makes so much space in our systems, in our hearts, in our brains, in our soul, in our spirit. Um, and then that can leave lots of room for the practices that sometimes people are engaging in and thinking that's going to make everything okay. So like meditation or prayer, yoga, um, exercising, grounding. Yes, those are all things and modalities that support 
transformation, but they can't replace the aspect of looking at or dissecting or understanding how you're wired. They just can't. We're here as a soul and a physical self. And we have to do both. I once had someone close to me say, um, when admittedly, I did not want to accept an answer of just leave it alone, ignore the issue and the poor behavior that the person was acting out in. And she said to me, you know what, Vicki? <laughs> Still makes me giggle a little bit, as you could tell. Not everyone wants to look at their stuff and address it. Some of us want to actually go through life and leave well enough alone. And I honestly had a WTF moment right there because that still does not compute to me. I can understand it more now. This was a few years ago. I can understand and have compassion and and even space, right, for those who don't want to look at the stuff. If it's between us and you don't want to look at it, I'm going to you know, wish you bon voyage. But the idea that you wouldn't want to dig into it because we're here to learn, we're here to grow and to really understand who we are. And I I just know the freedom that that brings and the joy it brings to life. So I really didn't get it. And then I remember thinking, oh man, that's so boring to just go through life and leave well enough alone and not to look at it. It's hard looking at your trauma and stuff, but it's not going to serve you and it's not going to serve anyone else. So <laughs> um, it's it never works either because it builds up and it will become a health issue or it will become a frustration or an anger issue. I do understand that the older I get, the more open I become and the more connected I become with my soul, I have accepted that it, it's not my role to make sure that everyone is attending to their life and soul and connecting the two. Unless, of course, you've hired me for that and then I am on the job. So be ready to challenge those things and look at them. But how many times, let me toss something to you. How many times have you walked away from a conversation frustrated and not understanding why you weren't making any progress? It just wasn't getting through to the other person. Could it be that you were engaging in dialogue with a surface shifter, someone who is acting like they know the concepts, but they're not actually capable or willing to put them into work. So even active listening, right? That is a skill that takes practice. And someone will say, I am listening to you, but you can tell that they're not even there and they don't really give a who about what you're talking about or what your pain could be. Like, have you ever been in that kind of conversation where you feel like you were clear and the person may even said, yeah, 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 I get it. I'm going to do my best. You know, you're going to do your best. We got this. And then you walk away going, no, it just doesn't feel like it. Now, perhaps you were in a conversation with a surface shifter. Perhaps you are the surface shifter. Like I said, every one of us have the capability. And if we're recognizing it in another, we have to be willing to check in at least and say, is that in me? And you may very well say, nope, nope, not on this one. There are ways to tell 
And I love examples. So I figured that's what I'll do is give you some examples of what I've seen over the years. And this does tie into the spiritual bypass. Now, I will preface it by saying sometimes people's pain is so great that they don't see it. They don't even know that they're avoiding something. So this is where compassion has to exist. It has to exist within ourselves and it has to exist towards others. And this does not mean that you give excuses for poor behavior or you stay in a relationship of any sort that is not mutually beneficial. But we do have to, I think, understand and be willing to grow ourselves and to help other people grow. So how can you tell if you are in the company of a surface shifter, someone who is speaking of shifting their own energy and their vibration? Ooh, that's another word that's uh, I hear a lot. I'm raising my vibration and I'll look at the person. I'm like, okay, I hear you, but kind of feels like cement over there. So is that really happening? So a lot of the times people who are a surface shifter or who use the spiritual bypass mechanism offer a lot of platitudes. It is what it is. Um, just be positive. Look to the light. My favorite one, which if you've listened to other podcasts is actually not my favorite one, love and light. And and they do love and light for every stinking situation, every situation. And it's like, okay, that has become just a bumper sticker. That's just a saying that you're saying. And you can tell, you can tell when it's surface. And I think this is where your own intuition needs to be present, um, not judgmental and not condescending, but actually just feeling was that solid or was it not? So a lot of the times people who are surface shifters or spiritually bypassing they're they live in a spiritual realm must must much of the time they live in too much of the energy world and as much as i stink and love it we are humans and we are made up of energy and we can communicate with this energy and we have emotions we have to have both the soul and the physical self must merge for your greatest expression of self. So a lot of the times they won't be focused on the here and now, or they won't even hear you. They'll be like, just send blessings to the situation. It's like, okay, that can help, but that doesn't solve anything. And again, overemphasizing the positive and avoiding the negative. Now, I actually am not a big fan of those words, but it's so understood. I prefer to look at things in our lives as, is it supportive of us or is it not supportive? And that might be splitting hairs, but I feel like once you say positive or negative, people have already decided, you know, which side of the line they're on. But if you reference, is this supportive for me or is this unsupportive for me? There's so much wiggle room there, right? And that's where solutions can happen. So the false positivity or the false rainbows and everything, it's a common sign of spiritual bypassing. And <laughs> this is again, where you cling to love and light, rainbows and unicorns, there are no bad vibes. Um, it gets so polarized and that's part of the reason that I don't really like the negative positive because, you know, batteries have those and they need them to work. So I think 
We have to have an expression of all. We don't have to polarize. Is it dark or is it light? And when you are only in the light and completely ignore everything or assign things as dark, bad, or negative, you leave a huge part of yourself, your emotions, or even understanding behind because there is such a spectrum of light. It can't all be zippity doodah. Sometimes the person or you, if you're feeling like any of this resonates, might be self-righteous about the concept of enlightenment. And this has always been the one that kind of tickles my funny bone a little bit. When I was seeking teachers to help me understand how I was wired or what the heck was going on with the information that was coming in and why were my hands buzzing and, you know, why did I have such reactions to people? I had a few of them that said that I had to learn exactly what they taught and I had to act exactly how they taught and and read and everything. And when I questioned that because it just did not feel right to me, um, they were self-righteous and, and their concept of enlightenment <laughs> turns out to be false. And I think that's a good indication of being able to tell when somebody is of surface. If they're not willing to hear that we are all wired differently and yes, there are similarities in a way to read, like I can help you develop your intuition to your wiring. I cannot possibly read the same way you do because we are different beings. And yet I can help you strengthen your ability to read, your ability to perceive energy because I fully embrace the idea that we're all different in this concept because we bring such amazing backgrounds. So that's something to look for. If there's someone who is their way or the highway, yeah, spiritual bypass. Not even going to go into the religion thing um, because that's not what we're covering here. The next thing is being overly detached. So someone may see everything through the lens of observation. They aren't invested in their own growth, but again, will give descriptions of things. So if someone is completely detached, and some of this might be again, because there's some deep wounds there that are just too painful. Their psyche thinks is too painful to look at. So they'll take the approach of maybe being idealistic or believing that traumatic events must serve as learning experience. And there's a silver lining behind every experience, however it was for you or for them. And this literally hurts my heart center when someone comes to me and they're like, but I must have had to go through that. And, or someone else told me I had to go through that in order to learn this. And it was trauma or abuse or anything like that. I admittedly want to find the person who said that and smack them upside the head because that's putting blame and even some shame on the person who went through the experience. And that's just mean. No one signs up for abuse. No one signs up for negative or unsupportive um, behavior from other people. You can learn from it. Absolutely. You can learn from every situation. And I would encourage that. But it's not true 
that you signed up for something horrific in order to learn because you can learn through love. It's not necessary. So another sign of spiritual bypassing is actually frequent anger. If somebody is quote unquote triggered, listen, if you're triggered, take care of the issue. Look at what is there. When someone says they triggered me, I'm like, nope, nope, not possible if you don't have a trigger. So stop blaming the other people and thinking that your anger is justified. If somebody said something that triggered you, that's on you to look at, to explore, to go beneath the surface, get a snorkel, get a scuba gear, you know, decide how you want to do it. But if there's a lot of anger there and you're saying, well, this is the energy of the situation. No, that's not cool. That's, that's also a bypass. And to that point of energy being there, being overly compassionate. I hear this a lot from people who are empathic. Everyone's empathic, and yet we have wiring at different levels. And I have had people tell me that they can't face a situation because they're too sensitive and they feel too much. It's not true. You might feel a lot. I'm not denying that. But you can face or you can handle any of the energy that's present. It might take some deep breathing, um, but you can face it and recognize that you have the fortitude. And that's where knowing your human self and being good with your emotions comes in handy because you have a surety that you'll be okay in any situation. Um, and if you feel like you can't handle the situation or the energy's too much, well, then ask Archangel Michael to come in and surround you in white light. Ask for help. There's always help available. So when someone says to me that they just can't handle it because they're an empath, I in some way will often reply, there's a fallacy in that because you're not fragile. You're empathic. You're not fragile. Sensitive and fragile they're not synonyms. They're not the same thing. Sensitivity is the ability to perceive energy and to understand it. So if you feel like you're being wiped out by a situation, you need to understand it and you need to get yourself some tools in order to best handle whatever energy you may come up against. And I completely know that there are new experiences. I continue to have them <laughs> quite often, actually, where I'm like, what the heck do I do with this? Oh, good. A new ability is showing up. I have no freaking clue what to do with this. Or, you know, there was one time I was clearing a house many moons ago, and there was some nasty stuff in there dredged up by the humans. I will just clarify there. And I cognitively didn't know what to do, but intuitively knew what to do. So ended up calling in a bunch of helpers and then just using the tools I already had on board before I walked in that house to clear the space. So if I had said, oh, I'm just too, I'm feeling too much. I'm too fragile. I can't do this. I would have left the family in a lurch and I wouldn't have been able to say to them, you use a Ouija board again and I will not be back um, because they were just dredging it up. I didn't go back by the way. So a spiritual bypass there is 
saying, I'm too sensitive. I can't handle this. And I hear this so often. And I want to say to people, and I will say to you, if you're listening to this and you've used that, just know that you're not too sensitive. You are open. Maybe you could close that in a little bit, but stop listening to that excuse. And there are a lot of teachers that push that and it's just bullshit. Now I'm going to have to put the disclaimer on here that there's language. (laughs) If we're considering ourselves spiritual and open, we are obligated to look at all the levels of pain. I'm not saying you have to do it alone. Do it with a therapist, a qualified helper. You don't have to go in there alone, but being willing to look at it often dissipates a lot of the pain. It's the avoidance of it that creates problems. So you know when you're lying to yourself. So I bring up these ideas or these characteristics of a surface shifter because I truly believe when someone is open, evolved, they know when they're engaging in this behavior. I certainly know when I am and I'll call myself out on it. I do it kindly. Um, and I will ask, okay, what belief system is getting in the way here? And maybe I need to reach out to my coach or my therapist or a good friend who asks the best questions and often helps me to figure out what I'm blocking. So we have to consider that there's no way to do the intuitive, energetic, truly connected spiritual process without acknowledging the emotions or the pain that might be underneath. And spiritual bypassing, it's a common thing. And like I said at the beginning, most of us have done it, but because we weren't aware of it. Once you're aware of it, you can give yourself the support and recognize that, you know, a lot of the times this process of being human, being a soul in a human body is about knocking down the blocks um, and then integrating your greatness And that willingness to do that, I'm not saying you have to deep dive every stinking day. I would actually recommend that you not do that because it's too much. But facing your fears and integrating that unsupportive or shadow side is part of why we're here. And I truly believe more people are afraid of their greatness and their success than what's buried back there in the eaves. It's just helping the brain to recognize that so that it doesn't have to give these other behaviors. And there's there are a bunch of other behaviors that show up as spiritual bypassing, but I thought I'd do a quick overview. Um, when you're dealing with your pain and traumas, you can then see clearly. Like It literally takes a cloudiness away from your head because part of your brain isn't blocking you. Like It's not getting in the way to say, oh, don't look there. Oh, don't look there. It's just so freeing. It might be tough in the moment. And I'll have times where I'm like, I just, I don't have the energy today. Um, and I'll make a commitment to myself that I will revisit it and I will do that. I'll follow up because I figure the soul, (laughs) my soul chose me because it knew I could do the best that I can in any situation, but that also I'm insatiably curious and I will keep digging to find whatever it is. And then once the piece is there, it opens you up and it will actually raise your intuition and your ability to discern energy by doing that. So basically don't take the excuse train, right? 
And then you can live whatever you're considering a spiritually fulfilling life. And sometimes we need someone to help us see that and to see that it's not a weakness if you're feeling pain. It's an opening to the strength that's already there. And it can connect you to your own divine self. It will connect you to your own divine self. What you can do with all of this is recognize, maybe have a little bit more available information so that if you are engaging in a less than stellar relationship, you look at the other person and see if they're doing this, if they're not willing or capable to meet you at least sometimes where you are, then you may have to go. Uh, when Howard, my husband who passed almost six years ago, <laughs> was passing, and I laugh because even at the time he was so frustrating to me, but such a good guy that <laughs> it was hard to stay mad. And I said to him, you are choosing to croak because you don't want to do the spiritual work as a human. And he had this grin that got him out of a lot of stuff. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I am. And I didn't know the term spiritual bypass at the time. It would have been such a perfect response to be able to say, you are spiritually bypassing. And I just know he's getting a good laugh over this because he did. And he was aware of it. And I said to him, I respect that. I don't like it. Um, I'm annoyed, actually. And we had had that conversation a few times. But when I realized he was actually choosing for his body's decline so he could not be in the physical anymore, what could I do? I had to let go of that frustration and actually be like, good loophole, dude. Um, and trust me, the anger came later. But having compassion for him and then learning to have compassion for myself when I didn't want to look at some of the behavior helped me to not engage in surface shifting and not to give platitudes to all of it. So if you can do that, that would be great to have compassion for yourself and even those you may recognize as being a surface shifter because maybe they're not a card-carrying member of the Surface Shifter Club, perhaps they're just having a moment and you can discern that and you can decide it, or maybe you are, but you can make a commitment that you won't be a consistent Surface Shifter and you can give yourself permission to have space when necessary, but to not live in that practice of just dipping your toe in because this experience of being human and you know, energetic beings. It's just too amazing, beautiful, diverse, fun to shortchange yourself. And the other thing is you'll just have to do it in the next lifetime. So may as well get on it in this one, right? Thank you so much. Please check and connect with me on at coach Vicki Baird on all the platforms. Go to the website, vickybaird.com. Join us for Wisdom Wednesday. I'll see you around. Thank you. And see you in the next episode. If this is something you feel would be beneficial to you, feel free to pop on over to the website, vickybaird.com, V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D.com, or at Coach Vicki Baird on all the social platforms. Mm -hmm.